You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. Good morning. I'm Deacon Paul Trine, and we're excited to have you on board with us. Thank you for listening. It's uh, been a bit of a challenge for us this morning, Teresa. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's been a fun morning. <laughs> but uh, it's all working out, and we're blessed to be on the air right now. We just talked to Patrick Eustace, uh, a young man, young father, um, Catholic man who's been just coming back from Afghanistan. And now we're going to shift things a little bit. And we're going to head to Michigan, right? Yeah, we have an exciting guest on the line, Steve Ray. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Well, you're quite welcome, Teresa and Deacon Paul. I'm happy to be here. Well, for our listeners, Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know, I know a few things that if you're a, if you're a skunk in the Michigan area and you're by Steve Ray, <laughs> you're in trouble. So you better get out of there. But beyond that, let's 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 fill in the blanks for folks on Steve Ray. All right. Well, uh, the reason you mentioned skunks is because I'm, I live out in the country, and I'm a farm boy, and I just got two of them that were ripping up our lawn. So I had said when I <laughs> talked to you first, it's a good thing you can hear me and not smell me this morning. Um, but, but beyond that, I was born and raised a Baptist, and uh, my parents in 1953 became Baptist at a Billy Graham crusade. They heard him on the radio, actually, and I was born a year after that. So I was raised by some very enthusiastic Baptist converts and taught everything upside down about the Catholic Church, to be sure. And I yeah. believed all those lies and misconceptions up until I was 39 years old, at which point I became Catholic because I was trying to argue with a friend of mine who had become Catholic, and I was trying to prove he was wrong. And over the course of a year, my wife and I proved that he was right, and we came into the Catholic Church on May 24th, <laughs> 1994. May 22nd, 1994, our whole family. Now, we were six when we came into the Catholic Church. Now, we are 29, because we have 19 grandkids all who love the Lord and the Church, too. Awesome. That's awesome. We were just, like I said, we were talking to a, a young man who's a father of four, but he came from a family of 12, so... Gotta love those numbers, those beautiful numbers, wonderful families. All right, and Steve, uh, we're just continuing our conversation about the creed. Um, so part eight is, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And um, yes, we'd we just like you to lead us through the heart of that. Okay, I wrote a book, and this is what got it started. I wrote a book called The Catholic Faith, An Introduction to the Creeds. And Monsignor Schumacher said, let's do a series on that, and we'll do a segment every month. So what we've done is I covered all the, through the Father, and then we covered through the Son, which is quite expansive because a lot of the heresies in the early church were about mm. the Son. Was he God? Was he man? Was he some kind of a soup mixed up between the two? Uh, what was he? Who yeah. was he? What did he do? And so we, that's a really extensive part. But now we shift gears from the Father and the Son to the third person of the Trinity, and we come to the Holy Spirit, and it fits into the creed very nicely because he follows the Father and the Son, and we're defining who the third person is. And he then 
for the next three clauses, we're going to talk about the church and the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. He kind of empowers the last three sections of the creed. So he's kind of in the middle explaining who the Trinity is, but then it's also saying now who empowers the last part of the creed, who's there building the church in a sense, in a real way. The Spirit is the heart of the church. The Spirit is there uh, bringing salvation when we're born again through water baptism, and he's there going to raising our bodies from the dead at the end of time. So he fits right in the middle here, and he's our topic. One, one last thing I'll say, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, he's kind of interesting because in the Old Testament, if you wanted to really make a theme of the Old Testament, you could say the whole Old Testament is about God trying to get the Jews to believe there's only one God. They kept being seduced by the gods of the Canaanites and the Egyptians, and they had, they, they just had a proclivity to follow all of these other gods, and he kept sending prophets. There's only one God. You have to follow me. My name is Yahweh. I'm God of Israel. And finally, at the end of the Old Testament, the Jews finally got it and said, okay, God is one. Then the New Testament starts, and God takes a deep breath and says, okay, but now that one God is <laughs> He took a persons. deep breath. <laughs> and so in the Gospels, we get introduced to the second person of the Trinity, and Jesus Christ, who becomes man. And in the book of Acts, we finally get introduced to the Holy Spirit, the third person, when he comes down on the day of Pentecost. You know, it's amazing. You know, I, I laughed when you said, and, and then God says, he takes a deep breath, but sometimes that's a, a word for the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, right? Yes, Ooh, it is. I remember, uh, and it's, that's just a beautiful analogy, actually. I, it's kind of comical at first, but then I go, that's interesting. Finally, after he's tried to convince the chosen people through the Old Testament, he takes a deep breath. And then he says, I'm going to introduce something even more, even more beautiful, even more true, right? In the Trinity, yeah. in the Holy Spirit. Here's a deeper revelation wow. that I've been revealing a little bit to you over time. And in the Old Testament, we see places where very mysteriously and obliquely he reveals a little bit of that. For example, when he meets with Abraham in Genesis 18... At the noonday sun, when Abraham is sitting in the shade of his entrance of his tent, and three strangers come walking up. And yeah. he refers to them as Lord in the singular, even though there's three. And he rushes and does it. He cooks fatted calf, rushes, runs. If you look at the, the verbs in there, it's just fascinating. I just finished my commentary on Genesis that I wrote. It's going to be published by Ignatius Press, about 500 pages. And I put in there the story there where you see... In the Fathers of the Church, many of them said, in that you see the mystery of the Trinity. And I, I jokingly say, where's the only time in the, in the Old Testament where you see God walking on the earth with all six feet? <laughs> well, that's what the Fathers of the Church say there, you see the deep mystery of the Trinity. And you see also the Trinity in the very first verses of Genesis, don't we? Because you already mentioned the Ruha, the voice, the breath of God. In the beginning, God, the Father, created the heavens and the earth. And the Spirit hovered over the waters, and God spoke, which is his word, the Son. So already there, in the first verses of Genesis, you see the Trinity. But it's not spelled out for us that way. We have to wait for the fullness of the revelation. But all through the Old Testament, he's giving us hints. He is, and it's a beautiful hint. And it's, a, and it's, and it's meant to be a hint, and, it, and it's meant to be an explanation, but it's not 
supposed to be the fullness of the explanation or the fullness of, of, of what it's revealing until we get to the New Testament. So before right. we take a break, before we take a break, let's visit a little bit about some of the New Testament introductions to the Holy Spirit, Steve. Well, he is, Jesus tells his disciples or his apostles ahead of time. In uh, John chapter 15, 16, 17, before he's arrested, the last few moments of his time with them, he opens the door and said, I'm going to send you a comforter. Now, we don't know the name of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have a name that we're told. God the Father has a name, Yahweh. Jesus Christ has a name. We know him. He comes down as a person, Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is only referred to with adjectives or descriptions. He is a counselor, advocate, paraclete. That means one who comes alongside of you like an attorney. He's a helper. He's the Spirit of God. He's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the teacher. So he's being introduced by Jesus even right before his crucifixion. I'm going to send this person to you. He's not just a force. He's not like an energy, which is what the New Age movement and Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons all like to make him out to be. He is a person, the third person equal to the Father and the Son, and he is described as a person who can be grieved, who can be quenched, who is our helper, who is our counselor. So that's how we're being introduced to the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, that's... That's a beautiful thing, and, and like you said, they struggled, the early church struggled on trying to discern that, and mm -hmm. therefore that, that's what led to our creed. But I think a lot of blood was spilled in that process, and a lot of, uh, a lot of errors were corrected in that process. So he, I really like how you bring out, he was the third person. He was a, a person that was equal to the Son and to the Father as well. Yeah, that's exactly right, and it's what the whole heart of the Trinity is. And like you said, it was battled out, especially in the first five centuries of the Church, because Jesus was this mysterious man who comes down, but they knew he was more than just a man. How do you say that he is, a God, he is God and man at the same time? And then you now have the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? What is the Spirit? And the Church had to hammer this out, because people kept speculating, and Certain bishops and others would come up with heresies, and the church would have to have councils to correct those heresies. And that's really what the church did know over the first five centuries, is battle with these heretics. And the result is we have this beautiful Nicene Creed that lays it out for us. Even people who can't read can memorize this, and they have the whole heart of the Catholic faith right on the tip of their tongue. Yeah. We're speaking today with... With um, Steve, Stephen Ray, who's uh, from Mich from the Michigan area, but um, convert to the faith back when he was 39 years old, he and his wife and children, and uh, was once a Baptist and now is a Catholic and Catholic scholar, writing uh, writing writing to us, sharing with us his I, views on. I'm I'm from Michigan, but I'm coming to North and South Dakota, you know. I'm coming there. I didn't know that. Very soon. Very soon. Right. Teresa knew November that. When, and the first when's that happening? December. Well, I'm going to be in Bismarck on November 29th. I'm going to be in Rapid City on November 30th. And I'm going to be in Aberdeen on December 2nd. So I'm renting a car, and I'm going to make my whirlwind tour of North and South Dakota, given my conversion story and meeting. And we're doing it to promote 
the radio station. We want to promote Real uh, Presence Radio Station, and um, it's going to be fundraiser dinners. We're going to have a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to come out and meet everybody out on your stations and to uh, share my story with everyone. We're so excited to have you, and if you're listening, you can register online at realpresenceradio.com slash banquet. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, um, and we'll be right back with Steve Ray, and we'll talk more about the Holy Spirit, so stay with us. Terrific. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You never know where Catholic Radio is going to bring people. I mean, with my friend, it was just in the privacy of his own car, I think. People dare, people dare explore faith, matters of faith, when there's nobody else around them, right? You don't, you don't know. And the other thing that has impressed me, being close to Catholic Radio over the years, is all the cards and letters that came in from people who weren't even Catholic, you know, that were the, the what we call the nuns, you know, that N-O-N-E-S. They just stumbled upon it, you know. And um, it's that, that's the power of Catholic Radio. Catholic Radio encourages, Catholic Radio educates, Catholic Radio motivates. But what is it doing? Ultimately, the people that are listening have to have the courage to say to others, would you like to join me on Sunday morning? Would you like to learn more about being a Catholic? I just absolutely love Real Presence Radio. I mean, it is such a gift to this community. Um, my daughter went to uh, UND up in Grand Forks when the first radio station was coming about. There's this great Catholic radio station. And, she, and I go, I can't get it where I live. I live about an um, hour east of here and, and kind of the hills. And we couldn't get that station. She goes, well, then you got to come up here. So then I would kind of work my way up. Okay, where are my clients at today? How, how can I get across so I can start hearing this radio wow. station more? And then I came to Fargo and I just loved it. And I... I have it on all the time. (laughs) And there isn't a day or a time I don't turn the radio on and learn something. And there's and I love the callers. I love when the callers call in and they ask questions because then I'm sitting there going, now how would I answer that? Now, is that how they're going to answer, respond to it? And just the different information that we're given so often. And it it is such a precious gift. It is such a precious gift to have this in this area. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. 
Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And it's great to have you all with us this morning. It's a beautiful late, late, late September day. The sun is shining. The windows are open here at the Abbey of the Hills. It's just lovely it outside. It really is. It's so beautiful. Driving back and forth, seeing uh, our farmers out there bringing in the harvest, and we just pray for their safety and that everything goes well and God's will is accomplished. But we've got a great guest this morning. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking with Steve Ray, and he's continuing his conversation with us about the creed. So, Steve, give me a, give us a sense of... You know, when we read the creed, that part eight of the creed, like, like Teresa said earlier, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. What does that mean when, when the creed says the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son? Well, the, the, exactly what Father means, the origin. And this is where it gets real sticky. Because if you say he's the Father and Jesus is the Son and the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, the Muslims get all upset because God cannot have a consort or a wife in order to have a son. So they misunderstand what we're saying, that somehow in the past God gave birth to a son who was created at a certain point in time named Jesus, and then from them somehow the Holy Spirit came out. But this is not at all what the Catholic Church teaches. Now, it teaches that the Father is the origin or the source, but it's an eternal generation. This is tricky. It means that the Son comes from the Father, but there's never a time where that happened, because the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are all eternal. They never had a beginning. They never started generating the Son. It was just always that way. We as human beings have a very hard time with infinity, because even if you say... The universe is vast. It's huge, trillions of light years away, and it's it's infinite, or so to speak. But then you say, well, if there's an edge to it, then what's on the outside of that? What's beyond that? We mm-hmm. cannot even begin to comprehend eternity. So when we say that the Father generates the Son as Son, it's not that all of a sudden He had a Son. It is eternally. They are there eternally. There's this dynamism going on always that had never had a beginning and it'll never have an end. So Jesus is the word that comes from the Father. Now, the Father and the Son love each other so much. This is how the Church teaches it. They love each other so much that that love actually becomes a person, and they use the word spirate, that kind of like spins out from the love that the Father and the Son have for each other, the Holy Spirit is a result of that. But it's not that it started happening at one point in time. It is an eternal thing that's always gone on and always has. And We don't even have words to describe it with our limited language. So what happened was, though, the, the creed originally said that the Spirit proceeds from the Father, and the Western Church, Rome and the Western Church, added the phrase, and the Son. And the Eastern Church didn't like that they did that, and that caused a big split between, or one of the things that caused a big split between the Western Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church, what they call themselves now. But that's just a little bit, it's very, you can see why the Church struggled with this for five centuries. How do you explain these eternal things in human terms that, grandma with her little kids in the church will understand. How do you explain these eternal concepts and mysteries? So the church wrestled with this and 
carefully, carefully defined it. And the Catechism has a very good quote about it, if you want to read it. Paragraph 2, 4, 6. It explains this. And I won't take the time to read it, but it's, uh, it's a, a very good explanation of how the Father speaks and the Son is generated and the two of them, their love. And it's kind of like a family in a way. Uh, it's an eternal family, and our families are fashioned after the unity and the life of the Trinity. Okay, so making a note of that on the Catholic Catechism, a 246 paragraph. Let's talk about the, the Scriptures themselves, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. What do they say about the Spirit proceeding from the Father and the Son? Well, you, when you read the passages of Scripture, you can understand why there was confusion. Because, like, for example, in John uh, fifteen twenty six, right before his crucifixion, Jesus says, When the Helper comes, that's the Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father. Now, is the Spirit coming from the Father or the Son? And he proceeds, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father he will bear witness of me. So who is sending the Spirit? Well, it said he proceeds from the Father, but Jesus is going to send him. So he is, it's like both are involved. What we learn in the Creed is that the Trinity does everything together. When the earth was created, all three of them were involved. When Jesus was raised from the dead, all three of them raised him from the dead. And it's the same here. They're all together. Now, Jesus says in Luke 24, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. And again in John, he says, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send, how? In my name. So who's sending him? The Father is sending him in the name of Jesus. And in John 16, again, he said, but I will go, I will send him to you. There's a, it's to your advantage that I go, because the Helper will come to you. I will send him to you. So you can see that there is the, both of them involved, the, the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son. So let's use that in the context, because in, in the Abbey Church, where we're, where we're broadcasting from here, Steve, there's this beautiful 12-panel salvation history um, stained glass window. Mm-hmm. And in that stained glass window, I was actually pointing it out to Teresa yesterday, there's a, a depiction of the angel Gabriel kind of, you know, speaking to Mary, and how can this be? And, and, and she says, how can this be since I have not been with man? And the, and the answer, I don't have it verbatim, is the this Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Yes. So, Boy, is that a loaded and, and, task? <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, because there, there's no son yet, quote unquote. There's no, there's no um, son of man yet, if you would. Well, there is a son of man. There's the son he's of the, he, because he's, he's eternal, the like you said. Of the eternal Trinity, the second right. person of the yeah, eternal so I, Trinity. I just sprained, yeah, yeah, and I just sprained my ankle you. there. Sorry. So, <laughs> no, that's that's yeah, this is why it, somebody. Somebody one time said, you cannot talk more than 10 minutes about the Trinity without bringing in some heresy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just remember that. If you talk about the Trinity for 10 minutes, you're, you're sure to bring in a heresy somewhere, because it is a very massive mystery. But the thing is, is that when, yeah. this is the fun thing about that, Deacon, is when the angel said that to Mary, she conceived at that moment by the word of the angel when the Holy Spirit did overshadow her. And in the, on the altar, when I take my groups to Nazareth and we stand in front of the cave where this happened, I said to people, see, where you're standing right now, right 
here is where those words were spoken to Mary. And we always pray the first joyful mystery there because those words were came from that place. And the altar there says, and the word became flesh here. The word became flesh here. The word was always in existence, but he became flesh yeah. here. And that here. passage goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 40, because when Moses built the tabernacle and he put the Ark of the Covenant, it said that the Holy Spirit of God overshadowed the Ark. When Mary heard those words, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, her first thought had to be, oh my goodness, I'm going to become the Ark of the New Testament. And in me is not the Word of God in, fl- in stone and flat, but in me is going to be the Word of God in, in flesh. So this is the, when you say that, the angel telling her that, but the Holy Spirit at that moment did overshadow her. And there we call the Holy Spirit the spouse. Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. Here, look at her relationship with the Trinity. She is the chosen daughter of the Father. She is the only mother of the Son, the, the virgin mother of the Son, and she is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. What other woman has that relationship with the Trinity? Yeah, talk about confusion. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so she's daughter, she's spouse, and she's mother. Wow, she's And awesome. the catechism is so beautifully lays all this out for us. It gives us the outline, the heart of our faith. It gives us the center of gravity, so to speak, on all that's important for us to know for salvation. And like I said earlier, even a grandmother with her babushka bringing her little grandkids into the church, looking at the pictures like what you just depicted, she can tell the whole story to her grandkids without even reading a word, because the churches have these beautiful images, which is called the gospel of the poor. And even there, you often see the whole trinity. You see Jesus being baptized. You see the Father, and you see the dove coming down. The uh, Holy Spirit, by the way, I just go run, I know we're short of time, but the Holy Spirit is given, he teaches and does these things, but he's also, he is portrayed as a dove, he's portrayed as water, he's portrayed as fire, as a cloud, as wind, as a seal, as the hand of God, the finger of God, all of these are symbols that the Bible uses of the Holy Spirit. When we're born again, remember, Jesus went into the water and the dove came down. That's water baptism. We're saved. We're born again by water and dove, by water and spirit. So these are all images of the Holy Spirit. Oil, seal, water, fire, light, cloud, wind, dove. Beautiful way of, of showing him. And the beautiful, another beautiful way of showing him is through us, that he comes into mm-hmm. us, and is, he, the, the, that spirit descends upon us, these big moments of receiving the Eucharist, receiving confirmation, and then just listening to our brothers and sisters. You know, I mentioned to you, uh, or you mentioned that you're going to be coming to this area at the end of November, early part of December, and, and going and helping Real Presence Radio in some of their uh, banquet. And folks, this has been a... I mean, just a super quick half an hour. I'm so excited that that, uh, Steve's going to be coming to this area. And please, please, please call Real Presence Radio and sign up for one of those banquets that are closest to you. I think he mentioned four different areas, Bismarck, Rapid City, Sioux Falls, Aberdeen. And where was the fourth? I'm I'm putting you on the line. Anyway, just those three. Okay. Well, it's it's been a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure visiting with you, Steve. um, God bless you and all that you do, and uh, look to hear look look forward to hearing more from you in the yeah, future. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us, and I look forward Thank to meeting you, you in Thank Aberdeen. You.
Deacon Paul, and again, thanks for being a deacon, and both of you, thanks for what you're doing to get the good news of Jesus Christ and his church out to the world today. God bless you both. God's holy will be done. Amen. All right. Thank you. All right, Deacon, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, um, we're going to talk about what's going on in the Abbey of the Hills upcoming. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 